everyone. It is Nurse Mo. Welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. So this podcast is going live in the summer and a lot of you are on break and you might be hungry for a little bit more of a dense learning experience. So I'm doing a podcast today on the VQ mismatch. And I'm doing this for you guys that are heading into your second advanced med surge class, whatever that's called, med surge two, advanced med surge, whatever that is. This is where you will be using this information. So once you get VQ mismatch, you totally get it. But I have to be honest, this is one of those concepts that I learned as a student, obviously. And then I felt like I kind of got it I had to go into clinical and see it before I felt like I got it even more. And then for a few years, every time it would come up, I honestly would have to go back and relearn it. So the way I learn and the way that I recommend other people learn material is to teach the material. So I wrote a blog post about this a while back, and I thought this would make a great podcast episode as well for those of you that are auditory learners or want to learn while you're doing the laundry, going for a walk, taking the dog out to play catch, whatever it is that you do so that you can continue to live your life while still studying. So the VQ mismatch, two letters here, right? A V and a Q. So let's talk about what those letters stand for first. The V stands for the ventilation and the Q stands for perfusion. So don't ask me why it's not a VP mismatch. I'm sure there's some Latin word or some fancy medical word where Q and perfusion make perfect sense. But just so you know, V is for ventilation and the Q refers to perfusion. So what we actually have when we have a VQ mismatch is a mismatch between ventilation and perfusion. Okay, making sense so far? So what does ventilation really mean? So ventilation refers to the air infusing the alveoli. This is from air being brought into the body. Okay, perfusion, however, refers to oxygen being delivered to the tissues. So as the blood circulates oxygen around the body, it delivers it to the tissues. This is what we call perfusion. So you might hear Somebody say, oh, she has poor perfusion. That means that the oxygen is not getting to her tissues. You'll hear that a lot in septic patients. They have poor perfusion. So ventilation, the air coming into the alveoli and perfusion, that oxygen being delivered to the tissues. So let's move on and talk about the two main types of a VQ mismatch or a ventilation perfusion mismatch. Dead space is a term you'll hear a lot. It does not mean that any part of the patient has died. What it refers to is you have ventilation, but there's not perfusion. So the air is getting into the alveoli just fine, but the alveoli is not perfused properly. So the oxygen can't travel around to the tissues as it should. It is also not participating in gas exchange, okay? So let me repeat that. In a dead space mismatch, you have ventilation. So the patient's physically breathing. They're pulling air down into the alveoli. However, there's not blood 
cruising past that alveoli in order to participate in gas exchange with the air that is inside the alveoli. Does that make sense, guys? So the ventilation is happening, but there's something blocking blood flow from going past that alveoli and gas exchange does not occur. And that something is often due to what we call a pulmonary embolism, a blood clot in the lung. Okay, then we have the other main type of VQ mismatch, which is called intrapulmonary shunting. And that is a very big term to simply mean that we have perfusion, but we don't have ventilation. So see how this thing is called a mismatch? One thing works, but the other thing doesn't. So it's a mismatch. So in intrapulmonary shunting, circulation is fine. The blood's moving through the body. It's moving through the lungs. It's bathing all the alveoli in that beautiful blood, ready to pick up oxygen. But the air is not reaching the alveoli like it should. Therefore, the alveoli are still not able to participate in gas exchange, but this time it's for a different reason. It's because the ventilation is impaired. So what happens in intrapulmonary shunting is that the blood then goes to the left side of the heart without getting oxygenated. So if you think about the path of the blood through the body and the heart and the lungs, how does it work? Think about the blood coming into the right atrium, okay, from the body, comes into the right atrium, goes into the right ventricle, and then it gets pumped from the right ventricle into the lungs. And it goes into the lungs so that it can participate in gas exchange, then goes into the left atria and then atrium and then into the left ventricle and then push down into the body with all that great oxygen in it. So when we have intrapulmonary shunting, the blood comes into the right side of the heart, right atrium, right ventricle, pushed into the lungs where it wants to participate in gas exchange, but there's no ventilation, so it doesn't. So then that blood goes into the left side of the heart unoxygenated or at very reduced oxygenation and goes around in circulation without the level of oxygen that it normally is supposed to carry. So does that make sense? So the blood is circulating just fine, but it's not picking up oxygen on that pass through the lung. So it's just going around and going around and going around. And this is super serious. Well, they're both super serious, but a shunting situation is, is considered probably the most extreme form of a VQ mismatch. So every time, again, the blood travels around the body, it's not picking up more oxygen. It's delivering oxygen as it can to the tissue so that every time it goes around, it's getting less and less and less oxygenated. So this patient is going to get very hypoxic, systemically hypoxic to a very severe degree, and it happens pretty fast. So the most common causes for intrapulmonary shunting is due to the collapse of the alveoli or the alveoli being full of fluids, blood, pus from an infection, something like that. Something is in the alveoli or the alveoli has collapsed so that it does not have that surface area in which to participate in gas exchange. So there's no ventilation. So if you want to look at this visually, I invite you to go to the website, straightanursingstudent.com and go to the search bar Right now, the search bar is in a really silly place, and I need to move it, but honestly, I can't figure out what the best place to move it to is until I get fancy and update my theme. So right now, it's on the 
right sidebar at the bottom, and I realize that is the dumbest place in the world for it, but go there, type in mismatch or VQ mismatch, and this post will come up. And it has pictures, you guys. I drew pictures. So I'll try to explain the pictures here. And if your brain works like that, great. If it doesn't, go to the website, look at the pictures that I made, and you'll see a little bit more of a visual representation of what this looks like. So we have a picture of an alveoli and we have the blood vessel that is traveling next to it where it's going to participate in gas exchange. So in a normal person, in a healthy person, hopefully you right now, the alveoli is going to fill up with air and the blood vessel is full of oxygenated blood. So Ventilation and perfusion are matched. So you've got lots of nice, beautiful air coming into the alveoli with that oxygen in it. It exchanges with the blood vessel so that it gets loaded up with oxygen. We have a match. Everything works. Okay. Now, in intrapulmonary shunting, which we just talked about, which to me is the one that's a little more hard to wrap my brain around. Something is keeping the alveolus from filling up with air. Like I said, it could be fluid. So maybe your patient is fluid overloaded. Maybe they've got um, something blocking a whole section of their lung. Maybe they've choked on a piece of ham or something like that. So they've got, uh, they've aspirated something down into the lung. So the alveoli is not going to get anything into it because it's blocked. Now, in the case of a big aspiration, something like that, it's not just going to block an alveolus. It's going to block a whole bronchial. So just to understand the concept of intrapulmonary shunting, something is keeping that alveolus from participating in gas exchange because it's blocked itself or a part of the bronchial tree is blocked or the alveolus itself is full of fluid and that could be blood, it could be pus, it could be just fluid overload from edema or patient and heart failure whose fluid is backing up into the lungs, etc. Now let's talk again, just try to visually illustrate dead space situation, the other kind of VQ mismatch that we talked about. So picture in your mind, the alveolus is working perfectly. It's full of air. The person has been able to take a deep breath. The alveoli doesn't have any fluid in them. The piece of ham you aspirated has been removed. Everything's working fine on the ventilation side, but there is a clot in the blood vessel, and this is what is causing dead space and no perfusion. So the air is coming into the alveolus, but as the blood wants to cruise past it and pick up gas exchange, it can't because it hits that blockage, and that blockage is often a uh, what we call a pulmonary embolism. I really hope that visual representation explanation made sense. Please check it out and I will link to it below in the show notes so you can go straight to the blog and see it for yourself. Now you might be wondering, how do we measure a VQ mismatch? Well, luckily on your arterial blood gas report, there is something called the AA gradient. It's a big A and a little a. The uppercase A refers to the oxygen concentration in the alveoli. 
and the lowercase a refers to the oxygen concentration in the arterioles. So we're looking at these two oxygen concentrations and how they relate to one another. Big A to little a. So when you do your blood gas, it should calculate this AA gradient for you, but I just want you to understand what the numbers mean and what you're looking at. So again, the big A refers to the alveolar oxygen concentration and the lowercase a refers to the arterial oxygen concentration. So when you have cases where one thing is not working, ventilation or perfusion, then this AA gradient is definitely going to be off and that's what we consider showing a VQ mismatch. So the normal AA gradient value you'll typically see on your blood gas is around five to 10 millimeters of mercury. And that's on patients on room air who are young and otherwise healthy. Now that gradient value will increase for older patients. Typically what I've heard is it will go up about one millimeter of mercury for every decade in age, over 60-ish. If your AA gradient is elevated, Think about the patient possibly having a VQ mismatch due to shunting. That's something that you would want to bring up to your medical team. So what are you going to do about a VQ mismatch? You get your blood gas and you see that the numbers are really off. Basically, obviously, you're going to bring this up to your physician team and your respiratory therapist. Basically, both types of a VQ mismatch are essentially respiratory failure just for different reasons, right? So respiratory failure, you can expect that this patient is going to be oxygenated, maybe ventilated. If It also depends on what is causing the problem, if it's because of an interpulmonary shunting or because of dead space and why these things are happening. So for example, if the problem is that the alveoli are hypoventilated, you know, putting on an oxygen mask and just flooding more oxygen in could be the first thing that you do. If it's due to intrapulmonary shunting due to something like the alveoli collapsing in the case of atelectasis, then maybe this patient needs some BiPAP, some higher pressure oxygen delivery. In extreme cases, patients will have to be intubated a lot of times when they have a VQ mismatch. If it's because of a pulmonary embolism, depending on the size of that embolism, they may need to be intubated. The clot could be surgically removed possibly, and um, patient may get some fibrinolytics, which is a word that I can never say. If the alveoli are full of fluid, then obviously you want to try to get the fluid out of there. If they've choked on a piece of ham, getting the piece of ham out of there. So as is the case with a lot of things with your patient's pathophysiology, if you can correct what's causing the problem, you fix the problem. So try to find out what their issue is can really help. And I just want to say a little caveat that this topic can get way more complex than this, but I just wanted you to have a general idea of when somebody says, VQ mismatch or AA gradient or dead space or intrapulmonary shunting that you would kind of have an idea of what they're talking about. You may also hear someone say, my patient went to VQ scan. Yes, VQ scan is a scan looking for ventilation and perfusion mismatching. So the reason a patient would go to a VQ scan is because they're looking for that pulmonary embolism. So at least now, you know what V and Q stand for and you understand why they're getting that test and what it means for the patient. 
I think I will leave it at that for VQ Mismatch. Very basic overview. You will know a ton more than probably anybody else in your class, though, which is kind of fun. You can teach them, right? And if you have not yet been to straightanursingstudent.com, like if you found this podcast just by cruising around on iTunes looking for a nursing school-related podcast, I want to say welcome. So excited that you're here. And come on over to the website. There's so much stuff there. It will blow your mind. I'm not even kidding. That is at straightanursingstudent.com. And we have these amazing study guides I want to tell you about real quick. So if you go to the nav bar, it's pretty easy to find. I hesitate to give you exact directions because I am planning to change the nav bar soon. So it should be pretty intuitive to find the study guides. There's premium study guides for MedSurge 1, which are absolutely outstanding and stellar. And then there's also some really great study guides for MedSurge 2. A&P, and mental health, OBPs, all kinds of stuff. But the premium ones right now are only available for MedSurge 1, and they do rock. So please go there, check it out, print out the study guides, use them as a resource for studying. I always say students should try to get information from multiple areas, multiple resources, multiple tones of voice, multiple people explaining things, especially with the concepts that are difficult. And eventually your brain will get used to hearing it enough times in so many different ways that everything will click and fall together. And that's kind of how VQ mismatch was for me. I had to hear about it, read about it, watch videos about it, and then finally write a blog post about it before I truly felt like, okay, I think I get this stuff. That is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening in and be sure to check back in a week or two for the next episode of the Straight A Nursing Podcast where we will be talking about compassion fatigue and emotional burnout. Very important topic that we do not discuss enough. So until then, be safe out there and enjoy your break if you're on break. And if you just can't wait until the next blog post or podcast episode go live, then head on over to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash straight A nursing student or the group page, which is totally committed and dedicated to helping nursing students stay happy and healthy and less stress and more joyful in nursing school. And that Facebook group is called Happy Healthy Nursing Students, and it is a growing group. And so far, I've been so impressed with the teamwork and the helpfulness that the group members have shown one another. And if that sounds like it's your jam, then come on over and check it out. See you there. This podcast is brought to you by straightanursingstudent.com. Copyright Mo Media.